0: Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. I am so privileged, and if you love cats, you will be privileged to hear this conversation, too. These are two of the people who know more than anything else when it comes to cats, particularly when it comes to community cats, when we talk about our shelter cats. Dr. Julie Levy, professor of shelter medicine at the University of Florida, College of Veterinary Medicine, and then there is feline veterinary specialist Dr. Vicki Fayer, past president of the Wynn Feline Foundation, now called the Every Cat Health Foundation. This non-for-profit is responsible for, I'd say, just about everything we know about cat health welfare and behavior. It's an amazing organization, been around well over 50 years, hosting a symposium that you can attend even virtually and it's for not only veterinary professionals but for people who just simply adore cats which i happen to know Dr Levy and Dr Thayer do i think that's an understatement it was Dr Levy uh, that began this all actually uh, because Dr Levy Levy called me what was it about a year ago maybe more and said Steve This thing about feline infectious peritonitis is driving me crazy. Yes, it's treatable, this disease that was always considered fatal. But treating it isn't so easy. There's a whole lot to navigate. You have to go online. You have to go to the right website. You have to get the right product from China that isn't approved and therefore is technically illegal to even get. But in fact, if you do get the right product or products, it can save your kitten's life it's also complicated, way too complicated. And Dr. Levy, that's when you said we need to do something about it. So we are doing something about it. Can you talk a little about the kind of the kind of message we are going to communicate at this symposium?
1: Right, Steve. This is kind of a, a once in a lifetime experience for a cat veterinarian. I went to school in the 1980s, um, actually was taught by one of the speakers at our conference, Dr. Niels Peterson. I'm very grateful to have been taught by such an illustrious feline medicine professor. And during vet school, we considered FIP to be a tragic and fatal disease of young cats, striking cats at the peak of their life. And there was really nothing we could do. And Dr. Peterson, I remember in class, said, I'm not going to retire until we cure FIP. And that was over 30 years ago. And he did retire, but he didn't stop working. And he worked on looking for a cure for FIP long after retirement. And the most amazing thing is a couple years ago, he found it. He found antiviral drugs that were developed for use in people for viruses like Ebola. And they save cats from FIP. It literally is the miracle of our practice generation. So what's the catch? The catch is these drugs are not made for veterinary medicine and they are under patent protection and they would require the inventor to release those patents so that they could be developed and approved in the United States. They actually are used outside of the United States, but our regulatory system doesn't allow that as a consequence, an underground pipeline of medication has developed. And as you said, these drugs are often manufactured in China. They're not regulated, so we're not always certain about the, the purest purity and dosage of what's in that medication. And there is some risk for cat owners who are trying to source these from unknown sources. What's also developed, which is really remarkable, is an a team of experts who are not veterinarians but have been through this treatment themselves and have developed a lot of knowledge in working with veterinarians and it is this team of lay experts that is advising cat owners on how to treat their cats veterinarians are in kind of a sticky situation because the drug is not approved so Uh, We advise veterinarians not to prescribe the drug or to stock it in-house and distribute it, but instead to refer cat owners who are desperate to save their kittens to these experts who can give advice online and tell them how to get their hands on this life-saving medication.
0: Well, well stated Uh, and, and well explained because it is complicated to follow that bouncing ball. Dr. Thayer, I want to back up or if we go back a step or two or three and explain, first of all, for people who may not know what feline infectious peritonitis or FIP is.
2: All right. Um, certainly FIP or feline infectious peritonitis uh, is a an infectious disease due to a virus and uh, what we call an RNA virus, a coronavirus. And um, there are Two arms of this particular coronavirus. There's a more, um, I would say, less disease inducing type uh, form that's called feline enteric coronavirus. And then the uh, another arm that's called, kind of considered more the evil twin of the two, the FIP virus. And this particular virus, um, the the FECV virus, will cats will get exposed, and almost every cat is exposed to this particular virus um, through. Ingestion, what we call fecal-oral transmission, and they may just get diarrhea. Most cats get diarrhea or nothing, but in some cats, that a certain uh, means of mutations occur where the virus changes what's called tropism or affinity for certain cells, and it leaves the intestinal tract, travels around the the in through the bloodstream uh, through monocytes and will locate in different organs, and that virus attracts an an immune response, and that immune response is pretty severe, and it's severe enough that usually you have organ failure, maybe fluid buildup in the chest or abdominal cavity, or um, uh, the eyes are affected, the brain is affected, and it's, the cat eventually succumbs to this severe uh, inflammatory response. So it's, um, as Julia commented, uh, Dr. Levy, that... You know, I've I've seen this particular disease probably even longer than she has working with another one of the main researchers way back when in the 1970s, uh, Dr. Richard Ott at uh, Washington State University. So it's been around a long time and it's been really kind of a heartbreaking scourge for cats and also for veterinarians to have to, you know, support their clients and and you know treat try and treat patients that unfortunately um they're dealing with had dealt with a uh fatal disease
0: yeah and uh, listen it's the hardest thing for a veterinarian you know oftentimes people get a kitten because another cat in the household has passed away and they bring in this cute amazing little kitten into the home And to tell the pet parent, oftentimes people haven't even heard of feline infectious peritonitis, that your kitten has this and there's nothing that I can do about it. Well, today, there is something, but you have to go through, as Dr. Levy described, the circuitous route to do something about it. You know, uh, at the Wynn Feline Foundation Symposia in 2019 in November, it all changed because from going from fatal to treatable. That's the term now. FIP, because of the funding of this nonprofit, is now considered treatable. We'll talk more about how you can do that in the practical world, but most importantly, how you can attend this amazing event And many veterinarians who have studied this very notion will be there July 8th and July 9th. A part of what happens July 9th won't be about FIP. It'll be about other feline health issues where you have some of the most well-known veterinarians on the planet explaining about all sorts of different things that we'll tell you about when we come back here on WGN. Dr. Julie Levy is here, professor of shelter medicine at the University of Florida and feline veterinary specialist, friend of cats for a very long time. Dr. Vicki Fayer is here talking about a symposium that will be held at... uh, the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine in Gainesville Health Breakthroughs for Every Cat FIP and Beyond. We'll talk about some of that beyond. It's July 8th and 9th, but you don't have to go to Dan- Gainesville. I'm sure it would be nice to go to Gainesville, but you don't need to do that. You could simply go to your computer or telephone, your phone. Yes, and and watch this event virtually. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. We're talking about FIP or feline infectious peritonitis. Dr. Levy, I have a question for you. Okay, so we describe what this is. If your kitten, and odds are it's a kitten because mostly this happens to kittens, if your kitten gets this, then what happens? How do you as a pet parent navigate all this?
1: It's definitely a tricky situation in the United States. Fortunately, we can look to what's happening around the world where there's treatment more openly to know what's working and what is the best approach to new kittens. But if your veterinarian does say that your kitten is suspicious of FIP, there's some blood tests that are done to confirm the infection. And then there is a partnership with a team of people called the FIP Warriors. They have a Facebook group that they work through and they've been researching and working with scientists and veterinarians for a couple years now to really determine what the best treatment protocols are with these new antivirals. So your veterinarian in partnership with those experts will help put a plan together for your cat. Um, it's a little bit different than the way we would normally get our cat treated all at the veterinarian. But this conference has a full half day that will be dedicated to exactly that. What's the process for diagnosing FIP, for coming up with a team of experts to help your cat, to put the hands on medication that will help and how to monitor over time. And it's just been such a uh, wonderful time to watch this what we considered fatal disease turn around into something that is completely treatable.
0: Yes, well stated. And uh, to learn more about it, it's everycat.org. Yeah, simply type into your computer, everycat.org, and you can register for this event. Uh, this is open to veterinary professionals who can get continuing education credits for it. Yes, it'll be that good. But in addition, if you're a cat fancier or breeder, If you just love cats, you are more than welcome to attend. It's not expensive to do so, and the money goes to support Cat Health Studies anyway. uh, That's the first day of the event, what we're talking about regarding FIP. And both of you are going to lead panel discussions and speak. You are among the speakers who include some of the most noted researchers on the planet. You mentioned Dr. Niels Peterson, who's been following this his entire career. He identified the disease, the first one to do it, but also has been working on this and what treatments we have. I would say he's greatly responsible for all of that. Now, July 9th is a completely different story because we're talking about, or at this event Experts will talk about a wide variety of topics included in that wide variety are what you do. We hope we all don't get cats with FIP. We all hope that our cats live to a ripe old age of 42 or something like that. But that isn't likely to happen. An end of life, ultimately, Dr. Thayer does happen. This will be one of the topics.
2: Yes, we're we're going to be just uh, one of the topics is going to be covered by Dr. Sheila Robertson, who is amazing and awesome uh, on this issue, and and she's going to be presenting about hospice and end of life care um, for uh, our wonderful cat companions that as they. Uh, exit their their time with us, and there's so much that's been developed, and uh, in regards to hospice and trying to make the end of life um, experience for the the cat parent and and their cat companion to have a, a good bond, a good um, you know end of life, and that's. You know, looking at uh, pain management. Uh, you know, trying to support the client, how to support the patient in the best method, and much like what we see with um, in the human field. And again, it's it's really as you know, in some ways, a deep, sad topic. But I think it's something that um, you know, as it's being. Prom- um, promoted for and encouraged as far as a human animal bond situation is, is something that is, is necessary. And so Dr. Robertson is going to cover all the steps, um, of, uh, you know what she sees, uh, and in hospice and end of life, and, right?
0: Right. Well, how that's, to do this? Right, and that's a, certainly an important. We only have like a minute left here. Sorry, uh, but that's okay. Very quickly, tell me about the DC cat count, Dr. Levy. Yeah, you
1: know, this is a, a fascinating. One of the areas I work on is humane community cat management. We know there's tens of millions of free roaming, unowned cats in the United States. And we have concerns about their welfare, their impact on public health and on the environment. And we work very hard to control their numbers, usually through projects like trap, neuter, return and adoption of young kittens. But we're really hampered by a lack of knowledge about how many cats are really there and how can we count them and how do we know if our programs are actually beneficial. So some scientists decided to study how to count cats. And they put together a project to count every cat in Washington, D.C. as a pilot city, including pet cats, shelter cats, and these free-roaming cats. They used uh, cameras. They did line trying. Trins- transects, by walking, and they came up with a model that anybody can use and translate to their community. They have a great website with all of those tools, and so the scientists that did that work are going to be with us in Gainesville to present their study and talk about how other communities can use the work they built.
0: And other topics include uh, GI parasite, PCRs, and looking at parasites that might impact your cat or kitten, And also, something that we need to talk about, my gosh, I am so excited about this, finally, a medication specifically for cats, it's kind of a buzzword these days, monoclonal antibody, but it will help cats, older cats, but any cat, and sometimes they are not older cats that are suffering from osteoarthritis or arthritis pain, and many other topics as well, superstars in veterinary medicine presenting, including the speakers that Dr. Julie Levy and Dr. Vicki Thayer. Thank you so much. Everycat.org, July 7th and 8th in Gainesville, Florida. If you live nearby, sure, drive by, register, come and see this event in person. But if not, you can do so online. Everycat.org. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. So people who don't have a dog may not understand, but increasingly people aren't only sharing their bedroom with the family pup, they welcome the dog in their bed. According to the American Pet Products Association, nearly half of all dog parents, half of you with a dog share your bed with a dog. Another poll suggests, and we've talked about this before on the show, about 25% of dog owners say they prefer snoozing with their dog compared to their significant other. But that's their dog, not some stranger's dog. One day, imagine this happening. Julie Johnson, in OK, Tennessee, woke up, turned around, to see her husband, Jimmy. There was a stranger with four legs between them. A brown dog was sleeping right there. The Johnsons do have three dogs. This was not one of their dogs. Can you imagine that? There's no doggy door in the house. It remains a mystery as to how... This strange dog made his way into the home, then stealthily up the stairs into the bedroom without their other dogs even warning about the canine interloper. Apparently, the Johnson sheets and mattress must feel really good and smell just right. The Johnsons couldn't extract the stranger dog from their bed. And finally, when the owner was identified, the owner who lives nearby came brought the dog, called the dog Nala is the dog's name. The dog wouldn't budge. She had to literally pick up the dog. Well, you know, it turns out it was a new mattress. I'm thinking, what a great commercial for the mattress company, whatever company that was. We'll talk to you next week bright and early on WGN.